I V M. Welcome to another week on IVM. It's been a great week. If you aren't following us on social media, please make sure that you are. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Cyrus Says This Week, Cyrus is joined by actor and comedian Gaurav Gera. They talk about Gaurav's journey in showbiz and the inspiration behind his shopkeeper Behenji sketches. On Simplified, Naren and Triket are joined by guests Avanti and Zain from the Marvel's Lost and Found podcast. On Geekfoot, Tejas and Jishnu give their take on Ant-Man and the Wasp and discuss the future of the Ant-Man verse. I'm really looking forward to that. That was a great movie. On Vartha Lab, last week founder of IVM himself, Amit Doshi. Hey, that's me. Talk to Akash and Naveen about being Amit Shah's doppelganger, my journey so far, and how he started on IVM podcast. I'm sorry if that grammar was twisted. On Keeping It Queer this week, we have the producers of Vice's latest web series, Sex Rated. And with that, let me take you on to your shows. My guest today on the show counts a very special drink as his favorite drink. It's not tea, it's not coffee, it's not whiskey, it's not vodka, it's Bond Vita. Yes, I am talking of uh, our youngest guest on the show. He's only 18. And unlike other 18-year-olds who are right now either in technology or into photography or gaming or you know, roaming around with friends or 24 hours on social media, uh, my guest today has a very different problem. And uh, his problem has given his parents a lot of nightmares because he's doing something which normally when you say that they're doing it, they will be, the parents will really have a shock. Uh, So I know you are guessing a number of uh, unlikely hobbies and professions, but my guest today is one of India's most uh, renowned spoken word poet. Yes, he's all of 18. His videos on YouTube and his poetry has already crossed millions of views. And uh, he is making a huge change in the society with his poetry because his poetry is not about just love and uh, you know, humor, it's all about some very, very serious topics. So, uh, it's my great pleasure to welcome Simmer, Simmer Singh on the show. Simmer, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, yeah, you are all of 18 and you started something called Spoken Word Poetry. First of all, I'm sure everybody here wants to know what is spoken word poetry because we already don't know what poetry itself is. Mm. So what is spoken word poetry? Yeah, I'm I'm too trying to figure out exactly what this is. But uh, no, I didn't start spoken word poetry. Spoken word has actually been one of the oldest forms of poetry and uh, theater or drama in the world. And uh, it has various roots, but I think in India, it came with the Mahabharata, the Ramayana, which were epics that used to be passed on from generation to generation, all orally. So that was technically what spoken word was. And uh, one day someone wrote these epics into a book and now we read them. Uh, while the spoken word poetry that we perform uh, in India, most of us English poets, has actually come from the US and it was a form of protest by construction workers against authority, against people. Form of protest by construction workers. Yeah. So it was it was a very underground movement in the US mm. and now it's it's become a part of the mainstream in the US and I think in India it's emerging. So. But- I think the the question I have is that how come, I mean, I can understand, you know, somebody in their late 30s or 40s or, 
20s doing it i mean you know you are now all of 18 but you started poetry when you were like 9 years old yeah so what was happening in your mind what happened to this 9 year old the typical 9 year olds are not doing this yeah no even i didn't want to do it it was my mother who made me write and on my 9th birthday she had given me a diary and uh, i had an assignment to write one thing every week and she used to check it at the end of the week so if i didn't write then i would be grounded so i had to write Ooh. so poetry came through that through that wow. compulsion to write and i'm glad that i had that compulsion otherwise i would have never picked up a pen on my own and written something no, so but i mean i know there are many parents who give this you know tasks to their kids i know even you know i have two boys and we tell them all these things to do but none of them turn up to be poets or any of that i mean what was the difference i mean do you think uh, you know right from did you have like an environment of creativity in your house mm. or how did this come about probably i i i can't really trace back to how and what happened but i think as a kid i was pretty observant about my surroundings and i i started doing theater when i was like 5 years old 5 years old you did theater yeah i remember my first play i was mickey mouse and <laughs> i had a crush on minnie mouse like that's why i was really excited to do that <laughs> <laughs> but so with theater we used to do a lot of exercises and one part of them was writing exercises where you had to write your own character and all of the characteristics about that person and then perform so i mean um, when i started writing on my own then i noticed that when i was writing for theater it made my writing much better and i i nuanced little little characteristics of these people that i was writing about and uh, yeah slowly it became something that i wanted to do on my own i think the first poem that i ever wrote on my own was maybe a heartbreak poem or something heartbreak poem yeah oh god you're breaking my heart <laughs> and how old were you when you were doing this it must this? be like 11 or 12 when Ooh. yeah so heartbreak poem what's going on yeah yeah so i mean when i was 11 i remember i had a crush on this girl in my school and i was trying to persuade her by writing letters and poems to her and she never acknowledged them and you never used whatsapp and mobile phone no i phone. didn't have all of that like i was 11 years old oh, yeah yeah this yeah. was some time back yeah. yeah i don't think whatsapp was there then and uh, then i think finally when i wrote her like a very legit proper poem two months later i got to know that she left the school oh so, god yeah so it was really sad and my friends were like she left it because of you but her <laughs> father got transferred so And I think you also have moved a lot, right? You started with you were born in Bombay. I was born in Chandigarh, oh, so Chandigarh. I'm from Chandigarh. Both my parents have like been born and brought up in Chandigarh, and they met over there. They got married. I was born, uh, but I think the year I got born, my dad got transferred to Mumbai. Okay. And uh, we lived here for a few years, and then we were in Kolkata for around nine, nine or ten years. Kolkata, man, yeah. the 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 city. full of creative as well as lazy people so yeah i think all creative people are very lazy so you creative at one so you do you think that kolkata somehow added to your poetry making a little more definitely definitely i started writing there i started performing theater there i start i the first time i was on stage was over there debates elocutions everything like all my first were in kolkata so it did have a huge role in and is there is was it like part of the culture because over here if you talk with kids they are all going from tuition classes they are all busy i mean you know with hmm. studies there is so much of pressure yeah definitely that, I mean, you don't have time for 
थिएटर एंड ड्रामा एंड पोइट्री आई मीन या आई मीन देर आर पीपल हु स्टिल डूइंग इट बट इन कोलकाता आई एम शो द कल्चर वॉज वेरी डिफरेंट लाइक इवन दैट टाइम देर वर फ्रेंड्स हु यूज टू गो टू ट्यूशन एंड क्लासेज एंड ऑल दैट बट द सराउंडिंग दैट आई वॉज ब्रॉट अप इन विद माई मदर एंड माई आंट हु टू इज अ थिएटर एक्ट्रेस सो in that atmosphere it was always more importance was given to the arts and less importance to academics so i it did play a huge role in pushing me forward do you remember your first poetry which you spoke or you performed somewhere um i think the first poem i performed was a hindi poem oh not even english not even english yeah and, and what poem was it can you can we try it I here again i don't really remember it's something <laughs> it was about a child and it was it was about terrorism ooh yeah so it was like a very basic hindi poem about i think ek ladka tha chhota gaon mein rehta tha something something and then how his mom dies and he's missing his mom but he does not know what terrorism is right he just know that his mom is no more so what does he do with all that pain and frustration of losing his mother and the poem ends with that this frustration he ends up growing an angry man and uh, the men that he used to abuse for taking away his mother one day he sees himself in the mirror and he is that that man so it was mm. like the cycle of life wow that, that's yeah. quite heavy for a 11 year old right yeah that, that was when i was 13 13 yeah that's quite heavy for a 13 year old yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so so when did you really figure out that listen i can actually do this uh, as a serious profession right so today you are professionally running this company you have other poets who are working with you mm-hmm. you do shows you are on youtube you are on social media so what was the trigger point which thought that okay you know this being a hobby versus this being a serious career option for you so i don't think there was one point when we started on it is i i was clear in my head that this is my main objective is creating a mainstream career out of performance poetry and i did see a lot of potential in it but it's been a journey like i think one when we completed a year a few months back i was giving my boards and i taken a break for two months to just study and probably uh, absorb what's been going on since the past one year and i think during that break i figured out that maybe now is the time to tell myself that this is what i would want to be doing for the next few years and you know normally when you are in any performance right you know you first perform for your own self you yeah. then you know perform for your family members mm-hmm. then you maybe perform for a smaller group mm-hmm. at what point of time you realize that what you are doing is being liked by a much bigger audience because as i said mm-hmm. right you know you're saying poetry with between friends and mm-hmm. you know family is a very different thing we all say that when you meet for marriages and you know there are these antakshari khelte hain mm-hmm. people sing and all of that right mm-hmm. so at what point of time it kind of transitioned from a hobby to a serious thing what was that turning point yeah i mean um i still every time i write a new poem i my family is the first group of people that i perform it in front of take feedback from them and then maybe a few close friends uh but um no so i think uh when the second piece that we put up it went really viral and we got a lot of messages from all over the world and, and which which piece was this this was a piece called a brown girl's guide to gender by aranya which has over 100 million views on the internet right now 100 million views yeah and it's been translated in german spanish taiwanese chinese japanese and uh, what is this poetry about you'll have to watch it yeah, yeah can you please tell the listeners what do they really search for 
yeah you just need to type a brown girls guide to gender and uh, i'm sure a lot of people have already heard it they didn't realize when they were watching it that this is poetry i remember a lot of initial comments was great speech and all these things but it's basically a female's struggle uh, against patriarchy and misogyny in india and the main reason it became an international success is because i think a lot of women even in the developed countries where we think that everything is all right there's no gender It's disparity case, yeah. yeah i mean uh, they have faced a lot of things and especially uh, in germany i think our highest audience was in india but i was i was checking the figures yesterday only and germany was the second highest audience uh, for this piece and a lot of german women started talking about it and it was translated by almost four or five media houses in germany itself and i think it's being taught in a textbook in germany right oh now oh man that's yeah, something so and that was just your second video that was our second video your second video gets 100 million views yeah and what was your first video first video was a poem in hindi it's also done pretty well uh i think around half a million or something and i remember the second day after putting it out it had 15000 views on facebook and for poetry that was a huge deal like that was a big success like we had made it when we were like 15000 views and what was this poem about this was also so we were doing a women's day special the first week our first show was about women's day and uh, this was by a man a urdu poem talking about uh, you know the rape culture so it was a very interesting take but it was very funny because i remember when we got 15000 views we were all like we want to celebrate and it was like this is all like we had no expectations but 3 days after that when aranya's poem went out it hit a million in the second day itself and we were getting calls from all over the world and people wanting to interview and then and then that's that's something like i've not been able to compare that feeling to anything else till date because that was something else that's like you can see the start of something very very different and very very beautiful so so can you give the audience and you know people who don't know about who are still in a cave and who have not seen this video like i have not hmm. seen this video right. yet uh on what is a a spoken word poetry and how is it different than you know the shairies and you know all the other kinds of poetry which we've been traditionally hearing yeah so spoken word poetry as i said since it came from construction workers protesting uh the the entire format is very aggressive and very uh message uh, centric so there will always be something you will take back from this so, from so did poems. you first decide that you want to do spoken word poetry or it just happened that i am doing poetry and happens to be spoken word yeah poetry. i mean i didn't know what i was doing was spoken word till a few months back it was i mean i knew about the term loosely we use spoken word but when you technically see what it is you get to know what you're doing much later that this is what actually spoken word is and uh, yeah it's i think the beauty of spoken word is that uh, we can all do it we all have uh, things that really we care about and move us and things that make us angry and i mean if i ask you what's one thing that makes you the most angry and you would want to tell everyone or bring that change in the world there will be some angst that will come out in the words in the first time you'll go up on stage uh, the way you'll perform it also will be very passionate so that's the beauty it's a very democratic uh, form of communication and arts and we can all really use it to bring great changes in society so i think that's what appeals a lot to people 
and it's still reaching people in india people as you said a lot of people are still in a cave where they think it's maybe a speech or maybe a because some people do funny poetry so it could come off as stand up comedy as well but the spoken word zone is much different and because i think you know thanks to people like aib and all these viral factories of the world hmm. i think what happened is that on the internet especially and on youtube uh stand up comedy has really taken off right. of course it has taken off to the extent that people are now getting fed up of it because there is just <laughs> too much stand up comedy and some of this comedy is not comedy anymore mm. it's become just advertisement right there is you realize that oh by the way this joke is being told because uh, x brand is yeah. <laughs> promoting itself so in that clutter of stand up comedy mm-hmm. how did you kind of you know differentiate you know because people could have easily said ah oh, yeah this is another stand up comedian coming and saying something serious that's the other way of looking at it right so the funny thing is i i actually started off as doing comedy so i i myself didn't know what spoken word was and when i came to mumbai i was just going through a tough time trying to make friends trying to deal with uh, emotional problems and like going through puberty and that entire mood swing phase so this is like when you were 13 14 i was uh, when i got on, i was 15 and a half when i got on stage for the first time in mumbai and it was to do stand up comedy i thought maybe if i do jokes about myself it'll make me feel better about myself so i remember my first set in comedy was about uh, this serial called sasural simarka which was a huge facade and they had released a new promo where the protagonist had become a fly and i used to be called a makhi in school by people because of that and that promo went viral so my first uh, set was about that and then it gradually went on talking about breakups and heartbreaks and uh, dealing with anxiety and stress and uh, i did comedy for 7 months i met a lot of really cool comedians i remember the first time i performed was with maybe one of india's best english stand up comics who i used to adore back then so i was really nervous as well but i think with time i realized that comedy was not really a way that i could express myself because uh, the end goal for me is to make the audience laugh and sometimes it's just that you want to be vulnerable on stage and just share your pain with people and you can't really always do that with comedy it's changed a bit now but back then it was all about those but those yeah laughs. listen when you say back then it's when you were 14 or 15 yeah, <laughs> so like most 14 15 year olds are not doing this right yeah yeah so i i think i was the only person who was doing something of this sort but it was mainly because when i came to mumbai i didn't really find any place where i could do theater and i did theater for 10 years so there was a void in me that wanted me to go back to the stage so comedy was that uh, you know get away for me and then one day i landed up at a poetry open mic not knowing that it's a poetry open mic and i met people and i'm like i don't know any of these people like i've been doing comedy since 7 months so i usually know people at open mics i don't know anyone and and what is an open mic oh, so an open mic is an open platform where anyone you me anyone can go up and perform perform so there's stand up open mics there's poetry open mics and there's music open mics so depending on that you can do whatever you like now open mics have become a usual in india and there are open mics happening even in sec two tier three tier cities small towns uh, mumbai has numerous open mics so the open mic culture is something 
that is that basic it's the foundation for any so stand up so you never had homework or studies and classes because you no. know all the other kids you ask them ki tum kya kar rahe ho are nahi mera subah ye hai dopahar ko ye hai sham ko ye hai then i have friends so my point is that how did you get time for all these things i mean how did you get time to do open mics and all the i mean yeah i i even i when i think back i don't really know the answer where what was i doing but uh, i never really i don't think i've ever done homework since i came to mumbai so i mean even if we did get homework i i don't know what i did with that i probably got punished for not doing homework and, and which school did you end up in in bombay so i was in arun podar from my 9th to my 12th it's just right yeah, here in khar yeah but i'm really lucky to be in that school because i had a very supportive principal and some really supportive teachers that's very important right yeah. because the teachers think this is waste of time then uh, no there were bigger... people who did did bring my morale down but i had more people supporting me rather than no, criticizing also some of the topics and subjects which you were dealing with were like you know very very serious you talk about marital rape yeah. and you talk about you know misogyny and you know status of women and all that right i mean how could you relate to all these things and how could you feel the pain at at 14 how do you relate to uh, a woman who's going through all of this hmm. yeah i think as a child i was very sensitive towards gender issues mainly because i grew up in a household which was full of women because my father used to go to office and uh, my uncle used to go to office it was two of my sisters my mother my aunt and we had three maids at our house so <laughs> everyone around me was a female i i've grown up playing barbie and all these games so i mean i did ha- even at school i had initially i had very few male friends i mainly had female friends like uh, and as a kid you're called all sorts of names for talking to girls like i used to be called a chakka you know these things because uh, even if you're in brought up in a coed school there's this awkwardness you know talking to girls and boys and like you know it's yeah, usually they're even sitting differently right there is a girls row and the boys, boys row boys row yeah so i mean so initially this was all normal stuff but when you grow up you realize that these things are very stupid i mean if you're going to a coed school it's mainly so that everyone can come together right and if you if you still have that awkwardness of not being able to speak to the opposite gender this is what results in a lot of crimes and a lot of issues later on because you aren't familiar with the others problems so you turn up doing a lot of things that are very self driven so luckily because i was sensitive and i was around women and uh, also men i was pretty this with both perspectives and that's why most of my poetry is very gender centric because i think that's one of the biggest problems that we're facing in modern times and something that we don't really acknowledge even now no i i don't know i'm sure you are probably already aware you know given all the stuff you're doing around gender india has among the lowest women participation in the workforce less Definitely. than 12% of our women are actually working mm. in any organized sector i think the numbers might be even lower if you take the unorganized sector mm. and that's a huge problem because if india has to grow china for example actually it's the opposite i would say that there are more women than men who actually end up working in places like china right. in the us also it's probably in their let's say 25 30% kind of range but mm. india is very low and actually it's becoming worse it's not increasing and recently there was this the whole thing of holiday for maternity leave yeah which has ended up creating more problems for women because companies are 
not wanting to hire women given that they have to give them six months of paid leave right so uh so i i don't know if you heard there was this study that came out last week which said that india is the most dangerous country in the world for women absolutely even after syria and saudi arabia where women barely have any rights so i think the issue is not with uh our women not being able to work so do you first of all agree with that study definitely i'm pretty sure it's true because uh i'll tell you what the 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 foundational problem with our country is that we don't we're not ready to accept women as equals like the majority of our society so even the numbers which you said 12% i'm sure a lot of those women who are going to work they would still be facing sexism at workplace sexism at home uh they wouldn't be really economically independent despite earning money and i think the last poem that i did was a poem called superwoman which was about my mother and what she wanted to do with her life and how her life's goals changed with time because she got married and she had children and she had to do things according to people around her so in that there's a line which which basically says that uh are talking about chartered accountants who wish to dance like so i mean you could completely educate a woman and push her to do work and she may be very successful in what she's doing but her dream might be completely something else so that does not solve a problem putting women to work or educating them enough to get a job is not enough the the foundational issue is the entire mindset of how we look at them and why are we giving them a chance like who are we to give them a chance to work right like that's one of the biggest issues the authority that indian men hold in a female's life is one of the biggest issues that we face and even though that there there's this really good line in this movie called dil dhadakne do where i mean i the movie is pretty decent but there's this one line which really struck with me where i have you seen the movie no i have not so so it, the movie is about a family but they very subtly spoken about feminism there's a group of young 25 30 year olds sitting at a bar they're drink they're at a cruise they're drinking they're talking they're having a nice conversation the oh, way I, i've seen this is anil kapoor and that yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah, they all go yeah i remember this movie right. yeah, no so i remember so the yeah. way youngsters have conversations right and uh, they end up discussing who's doing what and priyanka chopra says that uh, you know i'm working about these things and her husband is rahul bose he says that uh, she's very lucky to have a husband like me because i've given her the permission to do whatever she wants to do and uh, farhan akhtar who's playing one of the friends he just says who are you to give her permission and there's and i this barely happens in commercial movies but they have a 20 second silence where everyone's just looking at each other because it's a very awkward moment for anyone to say anything and the scene just ends so as an audience that's something like that's the kind of things that we want to do and we thrive to do because that's what brings so, change so for you poetry is not about poetry it's about actually bringing a change in the society towards it so it's yeah. it's a mission and a cause more than poetry is just the medium that's the easiest and maybe the most relatable medium that i and most of us have found uh, because uh, poetry allows you to be vulnerable unlike a lot of other places i mean writing in general makes makes you very vulnerable so unless you are not vulnerable on stage and you're not sharing what you have been through where you have gone wrong it's very tough to drive people to do and such you know, stuff it's interesting because i have heard a couple of your you know i've seen a few videos of yours and seen you perform at the tedx which happened in uh, uh in bombay early right. this year i think the difference between your work see what has happened with comedy is that they have now most of them have crossed the line to being super vulgar and you know it is really crass i'm sorry to use the word but lot of these guys have 
and girls have moved toward just being crass and you know they are trying to say about a cause but it is really about but when you talk about a poetry and you could be talking about the worst thing but it is not crass or it is very very direct and it i think the message is much more powerful so i think that's really where you are coming from yeah i mean that way poetry till a certain extent even now has been pretty pure and coming from a lot of honesty exactly if you exactly. see a lot of comedy that is honest that's all fake right and that's a lot of, but huh. even the most of the comedy is fake let's so say so probably the comedy that you see or generally audiences are feeded on line or on tv is n- maybe not the best but i you need to be very selective of the content that you're watching so i mean i have been lucky maybe to understand what is good comedy and honest comedy and not honest comedy and once you're watching honest comedy you will love it because that will never say something that uh, as an audience you wouldn't want to or probably you would not want to hear that but it you will give it a lot of importance and it'll have a huge impact on you so i think recently there's this netflix special that came out uh, a few weeks back by an australian female comic hannah gatsby special's called nanit and it's been talked about a lot right now on the internet and mainly because she's done something which comedy that no one has ever done she's spoken about her vulnerabilities uh, she's a lesbian woman and the kind of issues that she faces as a woman as a lesbian woman as a homosexual the homophobia the misogyny the sexism all of these things and uh, when i started i was supposed to see comedy but i ended up crying twice and most of the people who i've spoken to and have seen that they have cried in that that's really powerful scene. i must check because what has now happened in my case is the minute i see a stand up comedian i just skip that video or i just move away from that channel because I know either they are going to create some comedy and then finally mm-hmm. a product will be unveiled there, or it is going to be just crass and vulgar. And I think there have I'm sorry to say at least I have not seen of late right anything which is real comedy. So there are some really good comics in India that way because I was doing comedy for seven months. I got to meet a lot of people that. usually are not out there as per se and some of them are doing some really good work like there's this comedian called Kunal Kamra who's i don't know if you've heard of him but he's doing a lot of political comedy and taking jai I told you what has happened in my case is i've ignored comedy but now that you're right. telling me these names i am going to definitely you check them these down. folks out right so i mean it's very similar to what we want to do he's talking directly about politics questioning authority uh he's been called anti-national and all sorts of things for the kind of things he talks about and then he has this very interesting podcast himself where he has interviewed uh, kanhaiya kumar the spokesperson of bjp spokesperson of congress wow. jignesh mavani from mm. gujarat uh, shaila rashid all these people who who are out in the open uh, in politics and uh, what he's done is made politics very uh, normalized in a way because i think for a huge time one of the biggest issues in our country is that we're very scared from politics in the moment we hear politics you want to go the opposite way and that's because of all the uh, mud that has been uh, out there so i feel even with poetry that's what we've been thinking and always wanting that we can't afford to be a political The Vishal Gondal show will be right back after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to listen to attempt number 15 to record the promo for the podcast Vartalab. 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 All day all night Vartalab. Oh yeah. So real. 
It's a really nice podcast, guys. It's with me and Navin, and it has really nice stories. Yeah, people come tell their stories, ups and downs, fun times. We all cry at the end. It's like a current joy movie, but in one hour or less. Hey, yeah, every Monday. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is that poetries have always been associated with the revolution, right? Yeah. You know, revolutionary, or you know, when you think of Rabindranath Tagore. you think of poetry i haven't seen a single comedian who has been associated with revolutions and freedom struggle maybe they are but i don't know of anyone right no maybe that's because the entire i think the only comedian turn politician was siddu and we know what happened there <laughs> uh yeah no but siddu was also a poet if you know he that's what i'm saying yeah i mean my point is that his he was like judging the gate the, great laughter challenge right yeah, so yeah, my yeah, point yeah, was yeah. that yeah no so i am sure that comedy too can be very instrumental in bringing a change in democracy or in a country but uh the thing with comedy has been that stand up has been relatively new even in the us i think it's been just some 50 odd years that it's become uh, a part of the mainstream and there hasn't been a lot of struggles uh, that have like mass struggles that have taken place since then so uh so i mean if comedy was there during the freedom struggle i'm sure we would have had more comedians than rabindranath tagore because <laughs> <laughs> that more appealing to people in a way but uh, yeah poetry has definitely been always attached to revolution and even if you see a lot of very popular love poetry by uh, say poets like fez uh, or uh, um, i mean even tagore for that matter they use love poetry to symbolize freedom and kranti is a word so i mean i sit with a lot of hindi poets i don't really understand hindi poetry that well but uh, one very beautiful thing that appeals to me which a lot of them talk about is that pyar sabse badi kranti hai that falling in love is the biggest form of liberation and it could be any form of love falling in love with your country your and people. they said that urdu actually the zuban was made for poetry right i mean that whole when you hear urdu in a poetry mm. it is kind of a very different flavor of the words itself yeah definitely so urdu is actually very uh, interesting story because it's a amalgamation of uh, various languages so urdu is a language that came from a, a mixture of lot of languages and it was now it's become like a very royal language right but initially it was the colloquial languages that people in uh, in north india used to just speak like the way we speak yeah. in english or hindi nowadays urdu was like that language the people were speaking and it's interesting so my grandfather actually spoke urdu because he came from rawalpindi Oh. and he used to subscribe to a urdu newspaper and so in our house for the longest time we were getting a urdu newspaper so in the script in yeah, the, in the script oh, it was right. called inkalab i don't know if they still exist but hmm. there was this urdu newspaper which used to come and he was like again big time into poetry and nice. stuff like that so uh, if you go to see the hindi that we speak nowadays is actually not really hindi yeah, but a lot of completely urdu completely bombaya hindi also right bombaya or hindi is definitely different <laughs> but if you go to delhi side or north side a lot of hindi that we're speaking over there is actually most of them are a lot of terms. words are you know inter- like yeah 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 so urdu is so that way in india the way languages have played about has been very interesting and uh, at that time no one would have expected to urdu for urdu being a language that is very royal for people to speak but so tell me something how does your friends perceive you because i'm sure your friends are now probably doing or looking to do engineering or hmm. they are all following the bhed chal the standard <laughs> paths in their life yeah. 
when they look at you or when you meet them how do you relate or not relate to them and the same for them how do they relate to you and not relate to you yeah i mean that way it's been a dilemma for me and for the longest time i never realized that for most of my school life since i've been you know performing or anything i i had a lot of friends but i barely had any common ground with them because the things that people my age were speaking about were not the things that interested me so i mean if you see now most of my friends are 27 30 year old people uh, so actually i had the same thing in, even when i was like at 16 17 because right. i started my company fairly early oh. all my friends were much older than me Oh right, and uh, that's because I couldn't relate to or talk about what I wanted to talk about with any of the friends of my my. Age. Are you so still I, friends with those people? Who... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah. In fact, yeah. one of my closest friends is Harish Bhimani, who's a, who I who calls me his elder brother, but <laughs> he may be now in his early or late fifties. Oh, right. you know, so that way. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's been the scene, and I mean, right now I do have. very selective friends who are my age uh, and i but i can never discuss work with them because they they do not and un- and what do their parents perceive you like what is their way you you know so for example today parents have this thing on whether you should be friends with, with this, this person, person or no right you know given that i also have two boys 13 and 10 and you know mm-hmm. my wife has always is pachche se dosti mat karo ya isse karo right this is how parents do this is the style of parenting so yeah. were you the kid which parents wanted to be friends with or not be friends no 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 no, no. i was the forbidden friend for the <laughs> longest time in my school i mean it was at a level that even there were certain teachers who didn't really like what i was doing so they used to tell kids to stay away from me and my gang this guy is a very bad influence. bad influence on your child so i mean i think luckily the friends i have right now from school are pretty chill and their parents are also really nice people and some of them are really supportive uh but yeah i i've noticed this whenever i meet them at maybe a parent teacher meeting or annual day uh this one i remember this one mother she came to me and she was just like uh, i saw some of your poem it was really nice but what you're doing is very bold like your parents must but be che ye aapki umar mein aise sari baatein nahi kiya karte like i remember i done a piece where i used a certain cuss word hmm. and a lot of people had problems with it because it had a it was somewhere streamlining talking about religion as well so people weren't very comfortable with the use of that word and uh, i remember after that a lot of people messaging me and my own grandfather telling me that i really liked what you said but wo word avoid ho sakta tha <laughs> so so that way these things are i mean We're we're Indians are very emotional. We're very scared people that way. So when did you decide to form this group, right? So I mean, performing on your own, going to these things is a very different thing. But then saying that I'm going to start now, it's a it's a company, I presume, right? Yeah, it's so, a company. Yes. Uh, you decide to start a company and you recruit or you know partner with other poets. Yeah. I mean, that's a big transition to make at your age. So yeah. Why, and first of all, why did you decide? I mean, you could have just continued solo. Right. So after when I shifted from comedy to poetry, I did poetry for around six more months, and I realized that this particular art form has a lot of potential. But back then, like last year in February, two thousand seventeen February, poetry wasn't really a big deal, barely a big deal. Like people, nobody knew about it. 
I mean, uh, it was something that we were just doing in cafes, and it used to be twenty of us. All of us are performing as well as our own audience. It was mm. like that. So after a point of time, I realized that if comedy can be something that's going viral and people wanting to pursue comedy and making a career out of it, this too has a huge potential. Then why is something not happening? And there was. I think only one group, uh, commune, which is run by Roshan Abbas. Yeah, Roshan is a yeah, that good was, friend. Yeah, that they were doing storytelling, and they had recently started doing some spoken word, but that too mainly came off as a lot of storytelling, and that really didn't have a lot of people from within the community uh, at that point because uh, the community was very sparse in a way. So, I felt that these people. Whoever hundred hundred fifty people that I knew and were doing poetry, I felt that we need to do something for these people. So, what is the way to make this reach the largest number of people? And we found out that the digital medium is the best medium. That's the fastest way to reach people. So we thought, okay, we'll do a show. We'll record a few pieces and see how it goes. And that's when the first video went out, and the second video went crazy viral as well. And that's when we realized. And today, how many poets are part of your team? So we have worked around forty uh, poets, uh, but at this moment, we have exclusively uh, signed up with around ten of them, and we're working on certain and strategies. What is the business model for this company? What are you really doing? <laughs> so that's something even I'm figuring out right now. But it's a three-phase thing. I think the first is the content that's going out. We're trying to get it uh, in a way collaborated with brands. So a lot of times, a lot of content goes with the vision of a brand, and they would want to, you know, place a certain product in a way. So what we try to do is we push it around in that sense that. a brand can also be a part of it but not at all uh, any change to the poetry or the honesty with the poem so and that's one of the most toughest things because with poetry the moment you become dishonest the audience can catch it exactly yeah. and uh, when a brand comes on board they have their own set of rules and the kind of things that we want to go ahead with yeah. so, i would ex maliye kaam pe chaliye but you'll say like bhaiya i would excuse maliye hum log bhi exactly so 80% of these deals don't work out 20% are the people who are actually honest and they believe in our uh, vision uh the second is basically a lot of live shows and i think that's where the biggest potential is for poetry right now because we've been invited by colleges all over the country last year and early this year and we've seen some crazy response with a mad kind of worshiping uh by people for some poets no, so and i think you know even the colleges because as i said you know the the comedy ka problem here that it becomes you know borderline vulgar for all these colleges, colleges to even yeah. invite right lot of these comedians yeah even with poetry sometimes it becomes a bit because when you're talking about religion or politics or i remember this one college we went to i think that was the biggest crowd we performed for but before going on say they told us don't talk about religion don't talk about sex don't talk about politics and all three of us were either talking about religion or sex or politics <laughs> and we were like we will see what we can do about it uh, so i mean aranya's piece has uh, you know certain lines where she's saying the word breasts or or things like these and uh, they were like you can't say them because the principal will be sitting so we're like i mean <laughs> breast exists right she like don't use breast say chest <laughs> like it's the same thing it's a biological term like what's the issue with using it but yeah these things happen with poetry as well the the entire freedom of expression debate is is become very very crucial right now especially with the current political 
position now of the you country. never know what you say and you can get into trouble with right i mean and now with the fake news where people can edit your videos and say yeah. all kinds of things too yeah it's 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 you live in a very complicated world my friend yeah, yeah it is it is and the the funniest part is that we never really thought that this would affect us that much but it's been affecting us the most because uh, i remember with most of these pieces which are about politics or religion or even uh, female issues uh, people end up getting death threats people end up getting rape threats from people calls threatening calls and all of these things have happened so i mean that way it's it's a very and anybody can say i'm offended with this poem right i mean that's the other part i remember there was this poem we put out recently which was a love poem where a girl was talking about how bad she felt or she was saying about how a guy left her very simple very cute poem where she's talking about the different things why why would he have left me and someone just said uh, something like why are you crying so much like uh, the way you speak i'm glad he left you because who would want to be with a girl who complains so much so like so, all yeah, kinds so the trolls of trolls are everywhere, everywhere right trolls everywhere. are everywhere yeah so that's another whole discussion you need to have i think with all your performers right because a lot of these people take these trolls very seriously definitely definitely and and one of the thing is with poets like poets are very sensitive people and most of the time they're very vulnerable on stage so once you're putting up something so personal and something so close to you on the internet and anyone can say anything it does have a huge effect on you like i remember with one of my pieces also i had a lot of criticism coming in so it took me months to actually get over the fact and get over how to deal with these things so with poetry it's a lot of like it's a tough tough path in this in that sense so now there are these 40 poets who are with you yeah. so how do you i mean what is a typical so how do you like decide which poets are coming for what show how do you program all these things uh so right now as i said we're working on exclusive thing with 10 people and we've made like a 6 8 month plan with these people where we're just for uh, planning our different digital activities that we can do so we've lined up different type of content uh, produced in a very different way trying to see how the audience is reacting to that so slowly it's going to be a cycle 10 people then 10 people then 10 people and pushing them and their content out that's very interesting yeah and the content is going to be largely video or are you going to also do the shows or it's going to be a combination so we're focusing on digital because end of the day that's what ends up translating to shows so um, shows are something that we are yet to really focus a lot on because we end up being invited by a lot of people outside so you don't really need to put an effort to organize something but since we're seeing there's a lot of potential in that space as well i think we're going to be doing something very interesting this year itself with a live show oh fantastic yeah yeah and is youtube really helping you out i know because you know finally you need a support from a platform like youtube or definitely facebook is there anything which these platforms are doing separately so i think youtube is the best platform as anyone in the world to do anything which you think people would relate with but every platform does have its own problems right because youtube barely pays its creators in india because the advertisers in india are putting in money in tvcs and uh, movies while majority of the people in india are now streaming content on youtube so the transition for advertisers to put in money in youtube is like very slow and the kind of money that a creator in us would be earning we're barely earning 1/10th of that so youtube barely pays you secondly the algorithm in youtube is not very 
creator friendly but it's very advertisement and uh, tag based so you might have a very good poem something which everyone would want to watch but not having the right tags could end it not working out very well okay so and those challenges come up so those challenges are there but as a platform i think youtube is a very democratic platform that's very cool so when it comes to comedy when it comes to poetry are there any other categories which are upcoming now which you think youtube is looking at apart from this uh so comedy has been a huge thing in india indie music or underground music has been something which has uh, been evolving but a very few underground bands actually end up making it but i think that way a few of them uh, underground rap is something that's really i don't know if you've seen rap on the streets of mumbai mm-hmm. have you seen any of the no, hindi raps no, no. so they are nothing like the honey singhs or the badshahs but they are all revolutionary raps very similar to what we are doing where they're questioning authority they talk they're talking in your language something which all people So are you representing Can, or working with any of these revolutionary rappers also on your on your I platform? would love to work with these people but uh we're still trying to figure out how to find a common ground but uh yeah some some like I think commune has worked with a few of them and they've done I don't know what have they actually worked on but there's some really interesting stuff that these people do so so I think rap is also something which uh, really connects with a lot of people and is very youth oriented because it's very fast paced very aggressive very catchy as well so I think that's rap is also going to be one of the next really big things in a few years but you know I mean again so creative people are generally very bad at business right that's part of the problem <laughs> and then they get these managers and all that mm. in your case you are becoming the manager yeah. itself of creative people yeah so yeah, how yeah. do you manage the creativity and the business at the same time where is that coming from so <clears throat> so as i said when i my boards were going on a few months back i realized that now i seriously want to do this and want to make something big out of this although it's been done fairly good uh and that's when i realized that my writing is going to take uh, a step back and that's happened i think in the past 3 months i've barely written anything i have not gone up on stage i've not performed and uh, it's not that i've not been wanting to but it's is that i i don't know i've not really gotten the right opportunity or the right time to do something of that sort so it does like affect the creative side yeah, because well. i think the problem with you would be that you will not have enough time to do your own poetry yeah but i think i'm looking at the larger picture because if i'm able to help out 10 more people right now to grow and to make poetry even more and more relevant in today's time then probably a few years later i would have the stage already set to myself so i'm just trying to set that stage up for all the people because i think that's very important because someone has to do that and the issue with poetry has been it's spoken word in india has been that nobody's been wanting to get their hands dirty in building up that stage everyone just wants a stage and everyone is crying about not having a stage but no one is building a stage and everybody is crying that there is no money in it either there right? is no so, money in it. so someone has to go that step fight with i've been called out a sell out a lot of times by people and uh, uh, things like you're making poetry commercial but my argument with that is poetry has to be commercial or otherwise the poet will die with an empty stomach and that's what has happened i mean you were speaking about shyries in the shires 
and if you go back and read some of their life stories a lot of them have died in poverty despite being known all over the world because end of the day the society does not respect yeah, it was the kings who used to have a courtyard shire no, but that's something you're talking centuries ago yeah. i can like even in the 20th century in 1990s there poets like john ilia who have died without any money without anything of their own and it's mainly because the society does not really respect people that show them the mirror of who they actually are so it's a very tough fight to get of respect for a lot of poets so that's something that we're fighting right now to get the stage right and get the right audience as well to talk a little bit about this whole you know the whole debate on free speech yeah why are poets right now in the middle of all of this right i mean is it because you are going to the extreme speech or uh, you know why why are you facing the heat on this right now the most yeah so finally i was watching a stand up video yesterday a very relevant stand up video by a comedian called Anirban Dasgupta which was about free speech and he basically says that uh, the constitution of india has uh, a great clause about free speech and it's very like very well written but the issue with it is it comes with eight conditions so he says if you're putting eight conditions like that's a list free speech is the exception these eight conditions become the rules so you can't have any conditions if there is free speech it has to be absolute for everyone and uh, but we as people need to realize it comes with a responsibility so i mean people will end up crossing the line people will end up saying things that maybe everyone will not accept but that is end of the day that it's their right i mean you are you have the right to be offended but you do not have the right to curb someone else's freedom of speech and um, the issue with uh, us poets right now because we have spoken a lot about politics we have spoken a lot about uh, religious issues like the babri masjid issue the issue with a lot of parties and the way they are diminishing democracy in today's age and then authority does end up not liking it wanting to take you down so we've gotten threats from certain parties as well wanting to come to our houses and beat us up wow but uh, you can't you can't so stop are you not because... having security with you or no 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 you <laughs> see you can't take these people seriously i don't especially I be- somebody who says this will never do it right somebody who says it on the internet on a comment will never do it probably if someone is messaging you or calling you up maybe it's something serious but people who comment on facebook are just doing it for the the likes yeah so yeah but free speech is a There huge a lot issue. of armchair activists who do all these things yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i mean free the thing with free speech is not only an issue in india but also outside all over the world in fact because uh, i mean especially with the very great government in the us right now there are a lot of people who are facing issues in speaking about a lot of things and uh, you know talking about things that would authority would have an issue with see the 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 interesting part about your story simmer is that you said oh i got this book to write poems by my mom i started writing the poems every week and then i started doing good poems and then i started performing and then i performed and it worked <coughs> out well and then i started this youtube channel my second video got 100 million views and then i decided to start my company i mean this looks like a fairy tale man this is not how <laughs> real world things work out right yeah so what was the difference what worked out what do you think is the x factor in your case because not every mother who gives a book to their kids they end up doing this not every kid can follow through all these things definitely 
So was it the education? I mean, of course, the education system didn't help you in this case. Not, I not one bit. <laughs> but I, I can't. I don't think I can point out one factor that has been responsible for the way things have played out. It's a series of coincidences, you could say. And I think life is a series of coincidences. You end up being at the right place at the right time. No, but you have to follow through. And I'm just saying that at your age. Doing this is commendable, right? Because, hmm. you know, I meet people in business, in startup world. People just don't follow through. They have an idea and that idea, you know, they try. Like the best thing I have to tell you is that people come and say, oh, you know, I'm not getting funding for my startup. Yeah. And I ask them, okay, how many investors did you meet? And they say four. Hmm. I said, listen, dude, you need to meet. So my simple rule is you need to meet 100 people then 1% will convert. Right. So to get 1% to tell you yes, you need to be ready to get 99 no's. Hmm. So how did you get these 99 no's and then you still persisted to get that one yes? I think at this, like this particular phase or this space that we're in, every day is 99 no's. And uh, that one yes is coming from yourself. So the entire day is you hustling, listening to no's and you going to sleep and telling yourself yes tomorrow's a new day and you end up doing this so and i'm saying that's the that's the quality of a winner right so you know it's amazing to to see you, to hear you say this right at yeah. again such an early stage because people just don't have the persistence to fail so much definitely and i think that um, i mean may, maybe because i'm really young there are times that i even i'm fed up and you know thoughts of giving up come to you but then you I try to remind myself why I'm doing all of this and like even today while I was coming here in the morning I think some issue happened with certain artists some content issue happened and I was just like god like this is too much I don't know what to do like uh, location cancelled two days before the shoot some production guy had some issues the artist had some issues with his own content and all of these things in the midst of two shoots happening back to back and I was just like I, I can't do this I'm, I don't know what to do I'm gonna go home and just sleep and uh, this girl messages me uh, s- with screenshots of her friends. She shared one of her videos on some f- WhatsApp group or something. And all these comments of what people thought of it and how uh, people started sharing things because of this. And this one Facebook post popped up on my feed on which I was tagged where this girl uh, spoke about her story of when she was assaulted sexually. And she shared one of our pieces link saying that this gave me the strength to talk about this. And that's when I was like, dude, this is why I'm doing this. Like these are people like you can see people being empowered. You can see change happening. So, I mean, these are very small hiccups that I would face on a daily basis and the no's that you would face every day. But end of the day, when you go to sleep, there's a big yes right in front of you. And that's what... No, and I think, you know, the problem today is that I think suddenly we are hearing so many cases of depression among, you know, younger kids. You yeah. know, the minute you are... Every teenager is getting depressed for some other reason. There is this whole case of cyber bullying, yeah. cyber harassment. So the problem right now is that it is the worst time to be a teenager anywhere in the world because... Previously, the outlets for you to be harassed were so limited. Maybe it was school and playground and three, four other places. Hmm. Today, you are literally sitting in an open, like a open, like a sitting duck where anybody can come and harass you in any different way. So what is your thought process about these kids? And do you have a message or any 
any kind of solution or any idea for them on how to deal with this because everybody is today having some or the other problem definitely i mean and the parents have no idea how to deal with this unfortunately 100%, 100%. because they are dealing with their own shit 100% so i mean i myself have been you know i've faced all of these most of these things and uh i think the issue is not us being in a very exposed environment or very open environment i think that's good for everyone but the issue is human nature and i remember speaking to this one uh, technological analyst who said that uh like we were talking about hacking and this entire aadhar thing that came out and all these things and he was like technology is not the problem the problem is human nature and the way we deal with technology and i think uh that again the fundamental the foundational issue with us is we we failed we refuse to accept a lot of things and we end up hurting a lot of people in a lot of ways and harassment is a way of hurting people it's a way of showing superiority is a bullying is a way of uh, hiding your own weakness by making the other person feel weak and that person ends up in a living a lie most of his life thinking he or she is a certain way so um it's good that we're in a very open world but uh the flip side of the coin is what you've said and i think uh being a teenager at this moment is actually also the best and the worst time because if you know how to deal with the things in the right way then you could use everything to your advantage no, i mean you know there was this whole story around the blue whale, the blue challenge, whale challenge the blue yeah. whale challenge and you know i'm sure there are more crazy games like this which we probably are not aware mm. of Now, yeah it's the thing with social media has become it's become so easy to manipulate people and probably i think the person who started the entire blue whale challenge was himself a very young guy so the issue is not technology the issue is what we're doing with technology and uh i think we need to understand the long lasting impact that these things can have on other people because probably some kid would have started something as a prank or as a joke like the entire video that came out of this uh kid kamlesh doing some drugs the solution video i don't know if you've seen that what is that sorry there's so many i saw this latest video of this 14 year old jumping from the building right which went viral which was crazy oh right this was um, the recent like last week itself there was this whatsapp video hmm. where this 14 year old went on the ledge of her building and the neighbor from the other building took a video of that oh god it's insane yeah so all sorts of these things are happening and what is the solution video sorry what was that So it's this video of this kid who is doing drugs and he's is eight ten year old kid Indeed. and he's really high at the moment. He's giving interview and he says that this drug is the biggest thing for me, bigger than my mother anything, and this is my entire life. If I don't do this, I end up vomiting blood. I I will die if I don't do drugs. And I I I saw Sanju also a few days back, and that's they're talking about Sanju. That's drug addiction and. you can see how these things can have an effect on someone's psychology and their mind and uh, yeah i mean technology is an addiction to most of us and that's where we end up harming our own selves so if we do everything in a moderation probably we will be able to not harm ourselves in a lot of ways but again you can't really say what is the solution to the growing depression or the growing anxiety in people because the world we're living in with uh, especially i think schools and the education system has a huge huge uh, role to play because uh, the high cutoffs the percentages the rat race the coaching classes i mean we end up putting so much burden on our kids that at the age where they should be thinking freely and openly about uh, how they want to change the world the world has already changed them right so 
So luckily because I didn't have all those burdens on me, I was able to do something a bit different than people my age. No, I think I I think more credit has to be given to your parents, parents and family, yeah. right? Because as I said, right, they could have, you know, done this and said, sorry, kal se sab band focus on studies and this would have not happened. And I think by encouraging you, so really hats off to your parents, you know, I 100%. think uh, we need to have more parents encourage their kids to take up these things, right? The problem yeah. with most of them is that people say, I wanted to be, you know, so our good friend Shantanu Moitra, he has an amazing story that he ended up actually joining Citibank to work as a banker while what he really wanted to do was uh, be a musician and, you know, oh. compose poetry and mm. all of that. And of course, he was able to make this leap way, way later in his career. Right. Uh, but again, I mean, for us to make this change, it should happen right in school. Exactly. Same is the case with sports in our country. The reason we do not have as many Olympic medals as a country like us should be deserving mm. is because... You know, the minute you see your kid having any sport activity, you're like, listen, yes, please go back to to your boards, to your studying. Yeah. Right. And, you know, sports is another place where it's killed at the childhood level itself. 100%. I think in a way that happened with me also, because when I want to grow up, I want to be a cricketer. I mean, till I was 14, I was doing all of these things, but I was sure that I just want to represent India at wow. the national level and play cricket. So I played cricket for eight years in Kolkata, but... When I shifted here and my 10th board started, I was, I didn't have the option to do, like my, the very place where I used to play cricket told me that, dude, you need to go and study for your board, you can't do matches. And six months I couldn't play cricket and then I couldn't go back on field. The motivation was killed in those six months. And, and for you, there was poetry also, right? So there Luckily, was I had an outlet, but most kids don't find that outlet. Most kids end up doing engineering. Like, I think our own parents are the biggest examples uh, because they ended up doing something that they maybe didn't want to, but they had to sustain a family, grow their kids up, earn money, and they gave up on their dreams. Uh, so luckily, our generation has the choice to fight for our dreams. But it's a very tough fight. So how important is money for you and people of your age today? I think money uh, should be given an importance at a survival level where, I mean, you need enough money to survive. But uh, no matter how much money you end up earning, it's always about what you're doing and how happy that makes you, right? You could have all the money in the world and still be the most lonely person and not have any friends. So money should always be a secondary thing. And that's that's what even with Anirais, since we want to make poets economically independent and uh, make this a profession, money is very important, definitely. But if you're not doing what you're happy with, if you end up selling soap that you don't believe in, like sell soap, but you should believe in the soap, then, then what's the point of earning all this money, right? So I think it's about about your passion first and then the money's outcome because you know when i talk to you know kids you know because my school by my son's school called friends and stuff you know they're all suddenly for them the big attraction of youtube and instagram is that this is cutie pie who makes one million, million a month, month. Yeah. this is uh jacob paul oh, what's that other guy's name paul, jake, jake paul jake paul who has uh, so many million dollars a month so when they talk about YouTube stars, they talk about how many million dollars they make and then uh, suddenly they have started talking about some Indian YouTubers also that so many lakhs a month they make. Mm. So for a lot of the kids, 
internet and YouTube is like, you know, if I can make a YouTube video, I can become a millionaire. That is how yeah. they are looking at YouTube. So do you get a lot of these people who come to you and say, Mujhe bhi karodpati bana do ek video bana. Mujhe views chahiye, mujhe. Malab views in a way means money, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Actually humans that we run behind material. But the moment we start running behind our dreams, like something which is very um, not, it's immaterial, right? Me wanting to be a spoken word poet or maybe bringing a change is very immaterial. I cannot quantify how much of a spoken word poet I am or how much of change have I brought in society. But the happiness that that will give you, I don't think any material can ever give you. So as I said, the money is always the outcome. Your aim needs to be something else. You need to be sure that it will end up paying you off in some way. But the outcome cannot be your goal because then you will not end up achieving anything. At 18, you have your funda so right. Yeah, there are people who bloody are 50 years old and still don't <laughs> understand this. Yeah, so clearly. The Vishal Gondal Show will be right back after this break. अगर आपकी जिंदगी में कोई ऐसी आपको दुविधा हो जिसका सवाल कोई दे नहीं पा रहा तो हमने बनाया है आपके लिए एक खास शो जिसका नाम है सुन लो जी सुरोलॉजी इस पर मैं पवन कुमार आपका सूत्रधार आपका स्वागत करता हूँ ताकि आप पूछ सके सवाल सोनू से यस आई एम सोनू हेलो प्लीज टू मेक योर मीटिंग आई एम सुपर रियालिटी सेलिब्रिटी और दुनिया के कोई भी प्रॉब्लम नहीं है जो सेलिब्रिटी सॉल्व नहीं कर सकते तो मैं आपके सारे प्रॉब्लम का हलाइजेशन एंड सोल्वाइजेशन कर दूंगा तो जी हाँ सोचिए मत जरूर सुनिए सुन लो जी सोलोलॉजी हर बुधवार डेट इज वेनेसडे प्लीज लाइक आए शेयर आए कबाइटलाइज अगर आपके पास कोई भी प्रॉब्लम है सोनू को बताइए सोनू सारे प्रॉब्लम सॉल्व कर सकता है इसी तरह तो मैं सुपर सेलिब्रिटी बना हूँ so you know again the next question for me is what will you do when you grow up I i'm sorry you're not you're just 18 right so normally whenever i'm you know having you know guests and friends on the show we are talking about their school and this and that and you know in your case you, you have done so much you're already part of this revolution and you're 18 and uh, what is next for you yeah that's Where i do mean you see yourself 5 years 10 years down the line i mean yeah i think that's the question that scares me the most because I mean as a young person you never really think of you growing up it just happens and one day you realize okay I've I've grown up now I'm not a child anymore so I mean I turned 18 just last month and for me for 17 years of my life my biggest nightmare was turning 18 and you know being a legal adult because being a kid it was always so much fun and like the kind of upper hand you had even with work uh being so young in front of older people so the so idea still young Yeah. Uh so yeah the idea of being an adult of growing up of uh, being of a certain age is very scary to me. So I am not even going there or thinking what I will be doing because I am not even thinking if I will be there ever or not. So probably I don't know time is going to tell how things are going to roll out. So you have no idea what you're going to do in the future. I mean no so I do have dreams I do have plans so like Where do you see Anurais going and what is your vision for the company then? So uh for the company I think right now our main vision is uh making this entire uh, uh movement that is going on a, a part of the mainstream where the masses where the India that has not really communicated with the urban India for a long while the people in smaller towns and villages who have issues of their own 
to reach those people but those people then you have to do a lot more regional languages hindi punjabi definitely so and I, i mean we we're, we're trying to get that as well and uh, i mean i think the uh, next content in a few weeks we're releasing is about the importance of language and uh, how english has become this universal language and how indians are struggling with trying to cope up with that because that's not the language that comes to us naturally i also feel that internationally there are a lot of things that can be done in terms of spoken word uh what we were talking about before we started was we saw i think rupee kaur was one of these instagram posts she was on jimmy kamel and i think those are platforms which are very respected very glamorous in a way and um, yeah that's somewhere that i would really like to see a spoken word poet act i mean even if it's not through us but making poetry reach that kind of a stage is something where you feel like then that opens up a lot so of so i think poetry was forums. always there right i mean what are songs so i don't think so poetry was always it is the platform and the opportunity right because yeah. you just couldn't make a living as a poet right yeah. so eventually poets became bankers and uh, <laughs> people became chartered accountants and sales people and all of that right but if you are going to give them an outlet to pursue poetry but at the same time make a decent living yeah that could I mean, change the game that's that's the plan that's the plan amazing man so so tell me so what are your how do you i mean you know you are 18 and already running a company doing your own stuff so how do you manage your day how do you what time do you wake up what time do you sleep hmm. and how does your typical day look like so i'm very weird being an artist there's so much conflict in your life so with me one of the biggest conflict is routine and i hate routine so i can never have a schedule or a timetable for anything ever i hate the entire idea of that so so my days are very random like just like yesterday i think i slept at 5:30 in the morning and i woke up at i think around 12 to come for this uh but then i know i have a shoot tomorrow at 10 in the morning so i'll be sleeping at probably 11 waking up at 9 and going for the shoot so i mean it depends on what i'm doing when i'm doing but my routine is very weird i also i think one thing i've realized with me in the past 3 months that i have end up becoming a very random traveler so I mean I end up going out of the city just for very random things at any time like last week itself I was sitting with a friend we were getting bored and uh, I was having some stress at work about some certain thing and I wanted to like just take some rest do something so I just told him let's we put two t-shirts in a bag and we took a bus and we went to Pune and we stayed at some random hotel chill there came back in the morning and just like some random things like that so i think every week or every second week i end up making some random plans of a road trip or something to relieve myself from wow yeah that's that's quite so just plan something random that's that's quite an interesting tip you have yeah but it's tough with parents because <laughs> you yeah. end up spending some money and they they don't really appreciate it so what do your always. parents stress about with you what is their stress about you I think for the most amount of time the stress was me just getting through to college and now that I the admissions should be done soon I think they should be pretty much sorted now I don't know what the next stress is going to be and which college do you want to get into I would not want to talk about it until like because get you've in. got the admission you have to you have to yeah, get, I'm still get yet the to get admission so once I get it I will 
tell you about it. Well, I, I'm sure whatever college you're applying to, it should be happy to have you on board. Yeah, that. I mean, but the biggest issue with the course that I've taken up, so I want to do literature and the issue with literature is that all colleges are just looking at the percentage. They don't look at anything else. So, I mean, I did get a Well, you should attach your YouTube views. That can probably... I actually did that in one of the forms, but it said, sorry, we cannot accept this. <laughs> so I had to resend the form. But yeah, I mean, that's the issue with the education system. You might be like someone who's really passionate about literature. But I mean, if you didn't get a 80% in political science, then you won't get admission. So do you so. read a lot of books? Yeah, I mean, I have been a reader for a very long time. But the past few months, again, I think my boards were this one time where my diary reading stopped. And since then, I've been struggling to get back to reading. But and is there any book you would recommend anybody or who are your favorite poets yourself? Is there anybody you would recommend people? Yeah, so this very nice book, I mean, I, I read uh, just before my boards by George Orwell, 1984. And uh, it's it's very... I Have you read 1984? No, no. Have you read any of Orwell's work? No. I you should. No. So there's Animal Farm and there's 1984. And these are two books that you should read because these are books like ahead of his time. He wrote them. He wrote the book 1984 in the year 1948 Ooh. and he predicted what would happen in 1984 and um, I mean whatever he said eventually happened and is still happening in the world and the main book was about the authoritarian government and how governments are going to wipe out all our pasts and we won't have a past we will just be living in a present where we don't know who we are or what we're doing and people will manipulate how we look at things and that's what's happening all over the world right now facts are being changed books are being changed according to a, pa- a government's convenience and uh, yeah so so that's so 1984 a, and what's the other book called animal farm animal that's farm. where he's uh, i think uh, connected uh, animals domestic animals to different political ideologies and uh, the way we look at politics so how the world is animal farm something i've not read the entire book yet i've just wow. started it recently and who are your favorite poets yourself so that's like question that a poet can never answer. Okay. You should never ask a poet that question. <laughs> but I can tell you recently which poets have really started liking. I read this Tamil uh, poet, uh, this book called Wild Words. It's been translated in English and it has four female Tamil poets. And very, uh, in a very beautiful way, they've spoken about their issues. And this poet called Salma. And some of her work was something that really touched me because the simplicity in her words and the way she spoke about such tough things in so sensitively was something I really like. And, and can poetry be learnt or do you think this is more from within or can be, is there no. a course on like poetry or something? No. See, I think nothing in the world can in a way be taught to you until you want to learn it. So, I mean, even business, like you've been in, you've been doing it for so many no, years. There are MBA courses which claim yeah, to co- teach yeah, you business. Yeah, which claim right? to teach you business. But I mean, how many MBA people do you know end up really being... So, so are there courses on like spoken word poetry, for example? So, there are not spoken word courses. There are uh, literature courses. They, and there are performance courses uh-huh. uh, where they teach you all of these things. But in terms of just spoken word, I don't think there's, there's a particular course. But even stand-up comedy is something that... I mean, you have to be on stage to be a comedian. So you have to be on stage. You need to read. You need to write to be a... And, and what is your favorite food? Food? I'm... It's, this is also a very tough question. Like, you can't ask a North Indian what his favorite food is because we like everything. <laughs> but I'm, I've, I'm a big meat lover. So, I mean, I like, I like steaks a lot nowadays. So I'm having a lot of those steaks and mm-hmm. uh, 
what else i like chole bhature a lot of course chole bhature is the is in the blood of every punjabi yeah, yeah. and then the normal like butter chicken is like a very standard thing like butter chicken i can have butter chicken with anything like a butter chicken paratha naan butter chicken biryani butter chicken with i remember once in a house we made dal with with chicken inside dal <laughs> so like it just needs to be there well that that's of course the sign of a punjabi that you know chicken in everything and parathas of course definitely uh, that goes with it yeah uh I think the other thing which kind of makes me a little curious is that if you were not a poet hmm. what would have been your career choices So actually poetry was never my choice or I never even considered being a I had no I never even thought of being a poet till last to last year I wanted to be a filmmaker and I've done that for 3 years because my mom's into movies and I always saw her in films and that really inspired me to make something on those lines and in India there's some really good movies being made and then there's some really shitty movies being made and people end up watching the shitty movies and nobody watches the good movies so i thought like i want to show people the good movies and yeah i mean i i still want to be a filmmaker for me the main thing is telling a story that could be in any particular medium oh so maybe in the future we'll be seeing you directing a movie that's i hope where. that's not a maybe 100% i will be making films in the next few years and Yeah I mean poetry will always be a very important part of that even movies you see are very po- some movies are very poetic and poetry is a very important instrument but yeah the magic of cinema is some really so something which are your favorite movies then again like i so i i don't really have like to keep favorites because i feel like Or you're which doing are the a, last three movies you would recommend people which you saw so there's this movie i saw recently uh, called moonrise kingdom and it's a movie by wes anderson mm-hmm. It's a very cute movie about the love story of two eight-year-old kids. How they fall in love and they run away from home. Eight-year-old, eight-year-old wow. kids, and the entire village is trying to find them. And this it has a beautiful scene where both of them are standing on a beach, and they're just dancing to the sound of waves. And I thought movies like these are some like it's such a beautiful story, and the way Wes Anderson directs is something which really appeals to me. Then there's a movie called uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, with one of my f- favorite movie actors of all time, Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey has been known for all his comic roles and his punches and his spontaneity. But in this movie, he's played this role of a guy who's madly in love with this girl, and she—I don't want to give a spoiler, but it's about their love story, and it's a very different love story. Okay. So so that's that's I think that's one of the most beautiful romantic movies that I've mm-hmm. seen. Uh then what else? In in Hindi cinema there's some really good movies which have been made. There's Masan which was made a few years ago. There's Aankhon Dekhi which was a path breaking uh indie film in India which really changed things for independent movies. And if you've not seen Aankhon Dekhi you definitely should see like okay. it changes your entire perception of life and reality and what what truth is and all of these mm-hmm. things wow so yeah these are some movies that i like yeah i mean you are the possibly the only 18 year old who have given me more book and more movie recommendations which are exciting so i'm going to definitely check that out <laughs> from a technology perspective what are you what are the stuff you use what are the apps you are on and <laughs> so all the new social networks you are discovering which I'm a very on. I'm a very technologically handicapped person in that way in terms of what I use or how how I go about things so I mean if you ask me which editor I would be using for editing videos or audio like I 
I am really into that kind of stuff. But uh, in terms of personal use, I have the most basic phone. Like I, I use a, a a Moto and the the cheapest one that I could get, which has a decent processor and stuff like that. And in terms of apps, also, I I am actually trying to reduce my technological my use of technology as much as I can. So I don't have the Facebook app on my phone. I don't have Snapchat. I have WhatsApp only because a lot of work people end up messaging you on WhatsApp and um Instagram sometimes I used to connect with friends. Uh yeah, I think that's it. I think mainly I used to spend a lot of time on Netflix a few months back. I think during my boards when I was on a break where I was uh streaming a lot of content. So I used to watch at least 3 movies a day mm. or uh, watch like 4 5 episodes of a show. So so yeah, I've seen some really interesting shows on so Netflix. So what is the last piece of technology or any gear you bought which is less than 10000 rupees and you use it a lot or you recommend people so that's i think that's my phone i bought a phone just last month because i was using this phone that broke and i'd come from a vacation so i'd gone on a vacation to kerala where i had told my family that none of us are going to carry our phones because not carry your phone. phones just relax in nature and kerala is such a beautiful place right so definitely most of them didn't listen to me but i <laughs> did not carry my phone and the 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 funny thing was, it was my birthday week, so we'd gone okay. to celebrate my 18th birthday. Oh wow! And they were like, people are going to be calling you, texting you. You would want to talk to people on your birthday, but I said no. I just want to spend time with myself and you guys. So I left my phone. I was in Kerala for eight days, and I had no technology with me. And I think that was one of the most beautiful things. The day I came back, and I saw my phone, I didn't really feel like using it. but it 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 was crap and it wasn't working so i was frustrated so i went to a i i didn't tell anyone i just went to a store replaced that took a new phone so i bought a new moto some phone i don't even know what it's but it's a pretty decent it works that's fantastic man yeah. that's fantastic so uh, simmer it has been an amazing you know one and a half hours almost we spoke and i right. think uh, i have learned a lot and i think with you you have just got started so we of course have to get you back but all the very best with your future plans thank what you, you're doing is you amazing so everybody needs to go on youtube look at anare's poetry look at all these videos and send us your comments and you know connect directly with simmer too definitely it's it's been a pleasure to be on this thing and i think it's been a long time since i've actually spoken about a lot of these things so no, it's no, very refreshing amazing. for myself thanks a lot again pleasure was mine thank you Give me a word, या कोई भी लाइन कुछ भी हो सकता है यार क्या कहा आपने टोपी ओके मोहन जोशी हेटेड वेरिंग टोपी पहनते ही उसे स्कूल की याद आती थी वेर ऑफकोर्स ही चॉइस बट टू वेर अ टोपी वह जिस दिन पास आउट हुआ उसी दिन उसने अपने टोपी का बॉनफायर बना दिया एंड सिंस देन ही कैप और कड़कती धूप में and not even to bacho from the thandi but from monday 26th february mohan joshi had to wear a topi all the time why because if he didn't everyone around him knew exactly what kya soch raha tha they knew that he was wondering how the girl in the yellow churidar would look bina kapde ke they knew when he was calling the boss a sadela tomatoer <laughs> they knew everything par ye sab hua kaise are bhai यही तो स्टोरी है और ये स्टोरी आप ही ने मुझे दिया बाई गिविंग मी द स्टार्टिंग वर्ड यही तो है द क्रॉक्स टेल्स वर्ड्स आपके कहानी आपके लिए 
Catch the stories on Monday and Thursday on the IBM website, app, and anywhere you get your podcast from. See you soon. Did I just catch you on your way to work, or did you end up pulling an all-nighter? Let me guess. You have a packed schedule for the day, the week, and probably the month and the year. That's a lot for your mind to handle, don't you think? This buzzing chaos also brings tons of negative thoughts. Am I right? Try spinning that bottle in a positive direction with me, Chetna, on the Positively Unlimited podcast every Monday on IBM Podcasts. It's time to change your life. one alphabet at a time